Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good afternoon, gearheads, and welcome to Circuit of the Americas. We're out here for the 2023 Formula One United States Grand Prix. Yes, we are home. We're in our home away from home here at Circuit of the Americas in the broadcast booth. This is John Massengale. I'm joined by Jonathan Green, Dave O'Neill, and Bob Varsha. And, of course, Chris Medlin is going to be joining us momentarily out with his microphone on the grid as usual. Jonathan Green, this is my 11th and your 11th. Grand Prix at Coda, uh, it's just fantastic. Yeah, and you know what? I know we all live in Austin, and you know this is our home, and I, we keep coming to this event, and I keep thinking I'm going to get jaded by it, because this is where we live, and we've been here a bunch of times for many events, but the crowd just keeps growing, and the interest just keeps growing. I'm more excited probably than I was in 2012 when we started all this, be simply because of the size and growth of this sport. I was absolutely on, just absolutely enjoying listening to the crowd yesterday. Talk about the F1 Academy, and that's a new <laughs> series for all women. And, I, you know, the sport has just grown so much. So, I'm again, the atmosphere here at the moment is the, electric. The crowd is what I was thinking when you were saying that. That's what reignites you. But what a fantastic weekend, Bob. We've got the, the Porsche Cup. We've got the F1 Academy, like Jonathan said, the historics and Formula One. It's actually, I think it's the biggest and best lineup we've ever had, and not to mention all the, the music and everything that's going on. Yeah, it just gets better and better from year to year. So kudos to Bobby Epstein and his old staff. Putting on one of these races is a monumental task, and they've tried so hard to keep the people entertained. Um I mean, we're just trying to get a broadcast done, and that has been a challenge because there's so many competing interests. You have broadcasters from around the world. Everybody wants to use the feed. Everybody wants to use different cameramen, get people all over the track. Um, it's, it's just an extraordinary achievement for them, and I hope they hit that 500 uh, attendees number, although I have it on good authority from the media room that that would not be the biggest crowd of all time at a Formula One race, apparently one year at Adelaide in Australia, which was my Australian Grand Prix. I've never been <laughs> to Albert Park in Melbourne. Um, they had over 600,000 one year, <laughs> which I find a little hard to believe because I don't remember there being that many grandstands anywhere <laughs> except in the horse park that was the uh, pit and paddock area. But nevertheless, we've drone out of here, uh, driven out um, for three nights in a row now, and there are hundreds and hundreds of fans just standing at the fence where the cars leave the racetrack just to get a glimpse of their heroes. That and Yeah, that started about three or four years ago. Yeah, and I, I really think that's, you know, a fabulous tribute to the event. Well, Dave, you like us, Dave O'Neill. Uh, you live in Austin, and this is obviously something special for you, too. You, you, you do a lot of work out here with, <laughs> with your race duties. But uh, this weekend, you're, you're not working so hard. You did work, do a little work. Uh, we, we have an interview with Gunther Steiner we'll, we'll try to grab a clip of. But um, He's working but, now. But he's yeah. working now. He's but been I'm, educating us all weekend. <laughs> he yeah. has been educating us. That's a tough job. It's a special one, though, for you, Dave, right? Well, I think, yeah, it's a special one for everyone. It's, um, you know, the difference here is I come here every couple of weeks uh, with my S's team. But here, it's literally like it's been transformed onto another planet, you know, with all the people here, the grandstands they put up for this event only um, and again you know all the infrastructure around the track so it is a different place it's a different vibe different feeling 
Um, and of course, you know, what we really want to see was the qualifying. We saw a great shootout there in the qualifying. We had the sprint race, uh, which was great as well. But, you know, everyone apart from, from Max needs to uh, do some work this afternoon. <laughs> um, and then what we're waiting for is the feet, you know, the, the main race. The, the main event. Race. Yep. Yeah, the main event. But Dave raised a good point. You know, they've added more grandstands. If you think. You came to this race two, three, four years ago. Yeah. You think you know what Coda looks like when the Formula One circus comes to town. Watch television this afternoon because this place really has been transformed. Every square inch has uh, some swarm of entertainment or merchandise or food or music. Two big concerts in the last two nights. Uh, and, of course, as Dave says, you know, the main event is still to come. I can't believe in my 30 years of following this sport that the world champion, three times over now, I've never heard a driver, let alone a world champion, say, yeah, I start from six, it's going to be more fun. That's what I was thinking, too. He said, <laughs> he said this is going to be fun. So we're talking about Max Verstappen, obviously, and he's had just a, a, such a dominant season. And Jonathan, he's, you know, he's... Talk about He's a man who's sat, sated in his skin. Talk yeah. about, wow, that's right. comfortability. He alone has outscored every other two-car team on the grid. And won his own Constructors' Championship. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they've got everything wrapped up. And the Red Bull camp, everybody there seems really relaxed, I think is the right word. Celebrity time. Well, a dreamy's in town, so that's a good thing, too. Obviously, Patrick Dempsey, uh, former actor. I say former. I don't know what he's acting now. But uh, now turned racing driver and team owner. Anthony Joshua, the uh, boxer, now an uh, uh, investor yep. in the Alpine team. We've got royalty. Prince Harry's here. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, and the list goes on and on. Of course, if you follow Formula One, you know that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney, his partner in the Wrexham AFC football club, as we call it on the other side of the pond, uh, are here as well. They have invested um, just movie stars. Uh, it's the place to be. There's no uh, yeah, question. Adam, appropriately named Driver, who is starring as Enzo <laughs> Ferrari in the, right. uh, the Michael Mann movie that's coming out later this year, uh, is here. It's, it's just page after page of celebrities yeah that's the uh the 11th team right now dave right <laughs> before we get an official one yes yeah they've taken up space and we haven't seen brad pitt have we don't think so. Well, we saw him at Silverstone. I don't know if he's here this weekend. No, I don't think he is. There's a yeah. host of celebrities, though. There's a oh. bunch of astronauts okay. from Artemis. Lewis Hamilton's say in a press conference, though, that he's really happy with the way that movie he's collaborating with Brad Pitt on is, uh, is turning out. He's excited about it, and that's good. And I think it's a good thing that they have genuinely employed him as an exec producer, and that's no mean feat because they take themselves very seriously. But to have him as an advisor shows you how uh, seriously they're taking getting it right. Well, I think I hear Chris's mic out there. Chris Mellon, how are you? Are, are you there, my friend? I am indeed. I'm hiding in the shade right now, guys, because it is hot in the sun. So I thought I'd spend a bit more time in the paddock before the pit lane opens and then run out into the baking heat of the grid to uh, see if we can grab any of those celebrities and more likely anyone who's actually taking part in the race to find out what's going to happen today. <laughs> uh, well, did we miss anybody when we were counting them down there, the celebrities? Uh, almost certainly, yes, but uh, I can't remember which ones. Uh, but it was funny when you mentioned Adam Driver and Michael Mann because the amount of tags Adam Driver in them and next to him was Michael Mann and nobody tagged him because that's kind of the level now of, of celebrity as everyone's looking for one and there's normally two, three or four in each photo. 
Uh, it's amazing yeah. the amount of interest and in the people that, that do show up. And uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a huge, huge number. I think they're here again today on the grid. So I'll, I'll try to get on the. Wall. Yes, it does take a, a certain high level of celebrity to get tagged on social media now. I Just the other day, um, my photo was taken with uh, FIA uh, America representative uh, Tim Mayer and our good friend Jonathan Green. And it was posted as Tim Mayer, Bob Varsha, and the track announcer. That's right. I shall <laughs> remain so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm fine with that. No, <laughs> Some of the stuff I say, I'm glad nobody knows uh, what that's I That's fine. <laughs> they love pulling your chain. Well, let's get into some racing talk, boys. Yes. We talked about Max Verstappen, um, but there's been some lots of things going on. For one, the Mercedes look quick. Mercedes, uh, yep. Matt, Lewis Hamilton looked good yesterday, finishing second in this sprint race. Only nine seconds behind. Yeah. He, yes, nine seconds behind, but, uh, but still, we'll take it. Mm -hmm. We've had three major upgrades. One was Mercedes. It's worked. I'll turn to my learned friend. Two others, Haas and Aston Martin, kind of hasn't. Yeah, they haven't. They're, uh, in fact, starting from the pit lane. So we have Magnussen, Hulkenberg, Stroll and Alonso in that order, I believe. Um, so it seems like uh, on Stroll's car, they've gone back on the suspension. So anti-roll bars um, and springs. Uh, torsion bars as well they've gone back on so more of a mechanical change on Stroll's car uh, and then on Alonso's car they've changed the floor along with the mechanical changes that Stroll did and interestingly enough the uh, the uh, upgrade for Haas um, the upgrade for Haas is, is good um, so uh, with Haas what they've done is they did a few other parts on the front end of the car, which they changed, side pod related, um, some front wing stuff. But interesting for this uh, session, i.e. the race, which they can only call it a test session now, they've taken the rear wings off and replaced them with what they have run in the previous race. So you'd have to say that that information probably tells you that um, they were the quickest down the straight, um, so they weren't getting the grip around the corners, so they were probably losing rear downforce. And losing the rear downforce will, um, won't play well with your rear tyres when you're trying to keep them planted to the ground. So if you're sliding, you're not getting the traction you would be if you had the, uh, the correct amount of downforce. Can I ask a question? So four, we're, looking at, we're looking at pictures here of the pit exit. So we're going to have four cars, two Hasses, two Aston Martins. When does Alonso accelerate? And where are you allowed to start racing as you come up that hill and onto the track? Because we're going to get four cars going into that same apex after everybody's gone by. Exactly, and they have yeah, to leave the pit lane um, within the white lines. So until yeah. the, uh, Magnussen gets to the top, they can't do anything. Okay. However, I'm sure Alonso's going to try something. Well, that's yeah. why I, I mentioned it, because, you know, it, it suddenly widens out quickly at yes. the top of that hill, and there's a great advantage. And what if, and I hate to say this, but what if there is a uh, David Hobbs schmozzle at the top of the hill, and, you know, carnage, and these four cars could just sweep by? It's an interesting situation, because the pit exit basically nails 
pulls you to the left side of the track, yeah. which is not where you want to be going into turn one. So it'll be interesting to see. All I can say about this pit lane start subject is it has wreaked havoc yeah. on my starting grid. <laughs> and I'm PO'd about it, I can tell you that. I'll tell you what, on the other side of it, it's not wreaked havoc for both Williams and Alfa Tori. Ricardo now starts 14th, yes. uh, and the two Williams start 15th and 16th. Logan Sargent. <laughs> if you like, that's a, that's a freebie. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Especially for Ricardo. Yeah. Hey, Chris Medlin, you've got a little information on the, some of the setups, right? Yeah, just actually following on from what David's saying. So around the Aston Martins, what they've done is they've reverted to the Qatar spec of car for Fernando Alonso. So he's got rid of the upgrade that they had this weekend. Uh, and then when it comes to uh, Lance Stroll's car, they've just changed the setup slightly to try and make sure that they then have similar setups uh, across the two cars to be able to compare them better. So... That that's why they, they both had to make pit lane starts, even though Stroll's actually made limited changes in terms of spec of the car. So uh, that, that's the approach they've gone with. And, and as Dave said, for Haas, they're still running the entire uh, entire upgrade, but they just wanted to work out. Well, I think, yeah, the rear wings have changed specification, but everything else they want to still see how it works. They just felt the setup did not let them run competitively. So they need to learn more, get more data in a different way today. Makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. And another great story and another illustration of the complexity of Formula One that's one of its greatest charms to me is the tire situation. Mm -hmm. uh, they came in. We weren't expecting the temperatures we saw up in the mid to upper 90s the past few days. Lots of worries about tire degradation and so forth. Then off they go in the sprint race. Everybody in the field on medium tires except Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari. Those softest tires, which he was using, weren't supposed to last more than a handful of laps. He made it through the entire sprint race, 19 laps on those soft tires. So everybody had to go back to the drawing board and say, wait a minute, the soft is easily the quickest tire you can put under your driver, but uh, it, it lasts a lot longer than we thought it did. So how do we change our strategy and, uh, and so on? And it's worth mentioning too that today is significantly cooler yeah. than it was. It's uh, about 86 degrees right now, not expected to break 90. So uh, even though Chris is suffering out there, He's not as suffering as much as he could be. <laughs> I think the humidity's up a little bit, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the actual official temperatures now. 29 and 40 track temperature, 29 air temperature. A lot cooler than we expected, no question. Yeah, well, so we've got cars on track, as people can hear in the background. Dave, what is, what's going on at this time? So, effectively, they're going to grid. So, when you make the decision to leave the garage, you can go out. Um, you can check things in the car, and if you have any issues, you can come back through <laughs> the pit lane. Exactly. As you say that, Russell has an issue. Issue, yeah. So he'll come back through the pit lane. They'll put the car in the air, and again, you know, they're still in in the park ferme conditions, so there's not a, not a great deal they can do at this point, um, apart from find out exactly what's wrong. What was the issue? I missed that transcription of the radio. Button came off the wheel, <laughs> off his uh, steering wheel. Oh, nothing, nothing yeah. bad about that. It could have been the whole wheel came off the wheel. But it was a magic button, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but there, no, that's there, right. there, there, there is there an was actual a magic, magic button. button. Yeah, remember Baku what does it do? Hamilton hit it. What does it do, Dave? Well, the, the, which one? <laughs> <laughs> but Makes it, you go faster. Yeah. Oh, the, my God. The track temperature is up. Um, you know, sort of 40 degrees, you know, so the, the air temperature's not up, but the uh, the track temperature's come up. So the cloud cover we had earlier was masking the, yeah. you know, warming the track up. Now we have uh, we have a good temperature on the track. So the guys are coming through mm -hmm. and they're starting their, you know, practice starts. And then 
what they call what they call is learn the clutch so they'll go out um, they'll learn the clutch so the the driver has a clutch on the steering wheel right you need to know where it bites. Where well, it bites, I you, yeah. I tell you what, these uh, formations or uh, sighting laps are very useful. Uh, uh, new balaclava for Perez and his drink bottle is leaking, we just heard. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is useful time. Some plastic buttons and, and drink bottles are breaking. All right, yeah. we're going to need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our coverage live from Circuit of the Americas. Back after this. Go on, get a little out there into the big-hearted heart of Nevada. Nevada is yours to explore with 10 iconic road trips full of uncommon curiosities and delightful contradictions. Engines roaring, hearts, and mountain bluebirds soaring. Nevada is everything but boring. It's full of wide open wonder. In fact, there are 60 million acres of public space to explore and adventure. This is the place to discover something strange, to feel intrigued, and to feel alive, and to leave better for it. Nevada's heart is historic and here and now, down to earth and out of this world, neon lit and starlit too. Nevada is a place where you can be you or explore a new side of you and do the things you never thought you'd do. Find unexplained art. Have a pecan punch to fill your heart. Go on, get a little out there. Start planning your trip at TravelNevada.com. Hi, this is Karun Chandok and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. 
Welcome back. We're live at Circuit of the Americas in the broadcast booth looking at the crowd building in the grandstands and cars on track. But something else happened while we were in the break, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, uh, interestingly enough, Stroll, who has uh, claimed he started from the pit lane, had suddenly arrived on the grid. So I don't know how they're going to get him off there. <laughs> Rule-wise, yeah. I don't know what that means because obviously we're a long way. Uh, we're some 40 minutes away from the start of the race, but he is sat on the grid and they've got to get him out of there because he's not supposed to be there if he is elected to start from the pit lane. So somehow... Well, typically they can open there there are gaps in the pit wall they yeah. can open the gates and shove the car through there if the stewards will approve and the uh track workers will do it i, I think dave o'neill who's what he said during the break kind of covered it the best what was it dave the dent de- de- a little uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was just saying to bob the last time i saw something similar to that mm-hmm. although it wasn't was it spa in you know like 2008 or something um zanardi was on the grid and they didn't ha- they didn't fit the tires to the car so the car was still on the stands so you, you know they had to then come around and form up again effectively abort the start right you know? <laughs> and reduce the race length by one yes uh, Chris, I think your word was bizarre. Uh, I've just no watched the two half drivers come into the pit lane. Um, so at least they've got it right. I actually thought the pit lane should be closed, though, at this time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> does it pit say pit lane closed? closed? Yeah, 55 seconds ago. Don't so the half has just come past <laughs> So... That. This is very interesting, Chris. What are they going to do with yeah, uh, with Stroll? Because uh, pushing him back through the wall, or where's that helicopter they brought Max Verstappen? Yes, good one, Bob. Just so you know, if you don't uh, watch know social media, okay. But they flew uh, Verstappen's car as a, a sort of ceremonial landing into Austin. But they actually carried his car over Austin City uh, off, over the skyline, skyline yeah, and dropped him at the track. <laughs> Not him, the car. Yeah, the car. I don't think Max was in the car. He actually was, his comment was, he looked up and went, well, if they drop it now, I won't have to do the race. <laughs> Sprint race, that is. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, he can ask Carlos Sainz about how that feels. <laughs> Carlos said he had to <clears throat> totally recalibrate his mental uh, attitude after Qatar, where, of course, they had a mechanical problem in the car and he couldn't start the race. All the other drivers were saying, oh, God, I was so sick for a week. It was terrible. And <laughs> Carlos, with a straight face, said, yeah, I feel terrible, too. I didn't get to start the race. Mentally scarred. Right. <laughs> and that was a fuel leak, by the way, uh, for Ferrari. So, you know, that's something to watch, watch out for potentially. Uh, it's obviously a weakness that uh, threw him out of one Grand Prix a week ago. So I would have thought there's a, a few nerves uh, mm-hmm. amongst the Ferrari crowd about that happening potentially again in the next five races. Right now we're watching Lando Norris going through his pre-race routine, which reminds me that he and... Uh, Oscar Piastri and two other drivers, I think it may be the Alpine drivers, are going to be paired up with four professional golfers next week in Las Vegas to compete for the first Win Cup put up by the Win Resort and Casinos. They'll, they'll play in pairs, uh, single pair elimination, I He's guess you'd golfer. call it. Yeah, well, I, I imagine that's why they're out there. And I'll be interested to see whether one of the pros on hand is Rory McIlroy, who, of course, is another investor that took 24% of the Alpine Formula One team off their hands. Hey, yeah. so what do you, whose fault do we think this is f- for Stroll? Mike Cracks. Hey, on that, on McElroy. 
I was going to say, I think. Oh, uh, if, sorry, if you want to talk Stroll then, guys. Sorry about that. I mean, I could people off here on the grid. Uh, he's not on the grid now. Uh, I, I'm, I'm right now watching Carlos Sainz walk off the grid with a cool guy. And Stroll's team are wheeling his, uh, well, his all of the kind of items you need to start a car uh, with the typical items that they put on these trolleys uh, inside, actually, like into the pit building, which is interesting. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to go for a walk up the pit lane, which we don't usually do. Uh, I might try and hitch a lift on the back of Lewis Hampton School going on. Um, and I'll see if I can see what's happening at Stroll's car, but it is no longer. So whatever he did wrong there has now been rectified. Is that Jamie Chadwick? With yeah, that's Jamie Chadwick and Danica. Yeah, wow. yeah, they're doing the the Sky broadcast. Dave, what were you about to say about Stroll? About the fault? Whose fault was it? How did he end up there? Well, he. So it, I mean, it's his fault because he's driving. But normally, what happens is the the engineers <laughs> should remind them. They remind them about everything. The simple things: radio check. Does your drink system work? Make sure you learn the clutch. Make sure you turn mm-hmm. turn uh, spin the wheels up at turn three for the you know torque check of the engine. So they should have said. They should have reminded him. Yeah. Make sure you come through the pit lane. You know, because he's got a lot on okay. as well. So right. it's a team effort. And I know it's easy to say, you know, he should have known. But and on know, any also, other given weekend, that's exactly where he would have gone, which is right, right, to right. his position. Yeah. It's the same as Lewis going in the Mercedes in McLaren box for right. his first, first pit well, stop when he was at Mercedes. Or crossing right. the track. You know, I'm just thinking if I were on that team, I'd be going, he's going to just muscle memory, go right under the grid spot. You yeah. need to remind him yeah. to turn in, and maybe somebody didn't do that. Or That's great. revisionist history. What we would have done. <laughs> well, we what we could have said. <laughs> you know, I'm reminded as we start the 11th year, just what, oh, go ahead. It's now in the garage. His car oh, is now in the uh, garage. Both aftermarket cars are back in the garage, um, and the driver's out of them. They're just crawling off, going to the bathroom, staying everybody. But they've got both cars in the garage. Uh, Haas have got both cars waiting all week at the end of the pit lane. Uh, they've decided that's the way they want to do it. Uh, uh, at least one arm. But that means they're sitting out in the sun, so this might be a question for Dave. But yeah. If, yeah. If you've got a chance, is it. We're losing you, Chris. He's, but sit, he's saying the Haas cars are sitting out in the sun. Well, you know, that doesn't yeah. seem like ideal. No. Well, same as the other 18 or 16. Well, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Everybody's, um, yeah. That's true. I, th- I think the, you know, the other thing is they might. Well, you, you would, but the other thing you've got to think of is they've done two exploratory laps and they might have found something on the car so wow. they can change it again. You know, they're in such a, yeah. they're in a lose-lose currently, so they might as well try something else. What about the idea for those starting in pit lane to go on an early stint of softs? We're expecting two stops at least, uh, but we're expecting medium-hard to be the normal way to go. Um, what about the fact that it is a little bit cooler uh, than it was? We saw 19 laps done by Sainz yesterday. Uh, could that be part of another gamble for Haas to say, hey, that first stint is somewhere that needs to get us up the grid before a first caution? I, I like your thinking, um, and I think the, the problem is you. what you really want to do is is stay out while the rest are coming into pit. Ah, so if yeah. you know, so you kind of got the undercut on the on the front end of the grid. So 
you, you could look at that strategy, but you know the um, the thing to look at is clean clean air, and while they're in, you know, doing their 24 second stops, uh, you've got a nice bit of track to get the hammer down on. Well, what you're hearing in the background, by the way, I recognize that. That's I the Texas too. Longhorn Band. Hell yeah. Are Having a good here? season this wow. year. Yeah, they I thought are. it was pretty cool that Ricardo put the uh, jersey of Quinn Ewers. Uh, how do you say it? Ewers. Uh, Ewers. Ewers. Yeah. Uh, the number three for the quarterback for uh, the you, Longhorns. You keep asking me about the Longhorns, but I'm an Aggie, so that, I don't yeah, know. Right. You're sorry. asking the wrong dude. Right? <laughs> Let's talk Cowboys. There's plenty here. Yeah, you and I yeah, share well, that one. With all due respect, they can send the band away, bring the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders back out. I yeah. actually had lunch with the Cowboy cheerleaders. If yeah. You, if you would gone oh, just five minutes earlier, you. Bob, you would have <laughs> we were in the line together. Tell the truth though and tell me what the guy next to you said. Yeah, the guy next to me said he walked in and they were all the cow cowboy cheerleaders were in the line and it was really packed. And he goes, Oh my timing is bad. So I looked they. at him and said, I thought the timing was pretty good personally. <laughs> <laughs> They're lovely. I talked to them they uh, are very they went out on the grid one one year. They're great fun actually, good fun. Hey just looking at the starting grid, something comes to mind. Uh, Logan Sargent is starting 16th. 16th right now. So he's moved up four positions. Good start. Five positions. Good so, yeah. start. He's, he's done. <laughs> still last. <laughs> he's still last on the grid. Uh, it was, it's, it's a, a big tough day time for him as well, man. isn't it? It's home, home yeah, crowd gosh, here, yes. and he's going to have to yeah. perform, and he has a bit, please. Actually just uh, tracked him up the pit lane for a little while to see if I could get to him. And he was game face on, looking down at something, just making sure not like Yeah. You get the hint pretty quickly when a driver's not wanting to get it. So I think he's very, very focused today because he needs a clean run. I, yesterday, just at the back of the field, he, he sat on the gearbox, I think, of Bottas's car. But uh, he, he just needs a, a clean everything. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he just really does. Get I mean, he kept it clean yesterday and didn't crash, but it just—it uh, was—it's really heartbreaking. And and I was listening. You know, we talked about it last night after the race, and we were saying we don't really know what else to say right now. And I listened to some other shows and coverage, and everybody's kind of the same ways. You know, there's just not much, much we can do about it. But all right, guys, we need to take a break, and when we come back, we'll bring you more action from Circuit of the Americas. Back after a quick break.
CrowdStrike presents Driven in 60. As the official cybersecurity partner of the Mercedes-AMG Petronas Formula One team, CrowdStrike protects against cyber threats so the team can focus on what matters their next win. The revolutionary cloud-native unified CrowdStrike Falcon platform harnesses the speed and power of the cloud to protect and defend organizations of all sizes against increasingly complex threats, stopping breaches before they happen because on and off the track, the stakes couldn't be higher. A split second can make the difference between victory and defeat. When every second counts, protection shouldn't slow you down. It should fuel your momentum. CrowdStrike, protection at every turn. To learn more and to try CrowdStrike Falcon free today, visit CrowdStrike.com XM. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. We're still on the circuit of the Americas, getting ready for the United States Grand Prix. And we're, what, about uh, 30 minutes from the start of the race. And, Jonathan, uh, before we go to Bob's Grid, I just wanted to ask you, you know, we were talking about um, Logan Sargent a minute ago. Yeah. And, I mean, does this mean anything? Is he going to be able to do anything with it, you think? I mean, Stroll has not been performing well. He could end up being ahead of Stroll to start off because I would imagine Alonso could blow past pretty soon. Look, at this point, I'm clasping at straws, but the guy is right on the cusp of being dropped from Formula 1. Um, there are five races to go, including this, his home race. Uh, yes, it does help to start 16th. Of course it does. Uh, I think he's got to focus on staying in the same uh, delta, if you will, of his teammate uh, Alban, which is no mean feat. Uh, they start alongside each other, uh, and I think that's all he can ask for himself this, this weekend, is to stay clean, stay steady, keep it on the asphalt. That's what the team have been saying. That's what James has been saying um, and I, you know I, 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 I've been pretty tough on him all weekend but I, I feel for him because you know an athlete at the top of his game 400,000 people watching willing you on um, you got there and just when you get the golden key you know they close the door on you mm. it's tough but that's Formula 1 frankly yeah uh, Bob you want to run down the grid for us absolutely here we go Starting on the front row, our pole sitter, Charles Leclerc for Ferrari. The Monegasque, who took pole despite not topping any timed sector or being the quickest in the speed trap. I'm not sure how you do that, but he did it. His 21st career pole makes him the record holder, breaking a tie with Valtteri Bottas for most poles without winning the world championship. Mm. Next to him, Lando Norris for McLaren, who didn't think he had a shot at pole, and then after it was all over, said he thought he should have taken pole. But, you know, that's Formula One drivers for you. <laughs> Put McLaren on the front row on U.S. soil for the first time since Lewis Hamilton started second and won the inaugural USGP here at COTA. In fact, the winner of every race here in Austin on the Formula One side has started from the front row. Row two, P3, Lewis Hamilton, in the Mercedes, a five-time winner here in Austin, coming in off a first-lap retirement two weeks ago in, in Qatar. Hamilton has never had two first-lap retirements in his career, and you can be sure he hopes that streak continues. P4, Carlos Sainz in the second Ferrari, the lone driver to start yesterday's sprint feature on the soft Pirelli tire, as I mentioned, finishing in the same position he started, sixth, after 19 consistent laps, way beyond what was thought possible on this tire-eating asphalt. Row three, George Russell in the Mercedes suffered a five-second penalty in the sprint for going off track to gain an advantage en route to eighth place in what is the slowest car in terms of straight-line speed. 
P6, Max Verstappen, I'm sure you've heard of him, in the Red Bull. Initially claimed pole by five one-thousandths of a second over Leclerc. It was electric, but he lost the lap due to a track limits violation, and he wasn't alone. He then breezed to a nine-second victory from pole in yesterday's sprint race. Row four, Pierre Gasly in the Alpine. The Alpines welcomed a raft of new celebrity investors, as we've been talking about, and put their cars in the exact same starting position as they did a fortnight ago in Qatar. So that means next to Gasly is teammate Esteban Ocon, making it back-to-back, side-by-side grid positions for both cars. Row 5, Sergio Perez in the Red Bull, pretty clearly racing for his seat in the most successful car on the grid, with his home race coming up next week in Mexico City. Checo starts in the same position he did in last year's USGP at Coda. Starting 10th, Oscar Piastri in the McLaren, the winner of the sprint event at Qatar two weeks ago, making him the first rookie to take multiple podium finishes since Lewis Hamilton did it for the same team in 2007. Row 6, Yuki Tsunoda in the AlphaTauri starts 11th for the fourth time in the last seven races. I guess he likes it there. Starting 12th, Zhou Guan Yu in the Alfa Romeo, who out-qualifying teammate Botas for the first time since Hungary, where he started a career-high fifth. Row 7, Botas himself in the second Alfa. The driver, Charles Leclerc, surpassed for most poles without winning a world title. And now things get crazy. <clears throat> 14th, Daniel Ricciardo in the AlphaTauri, recovered from his broken hand, starts one spot higher on the grid than he did here last year, thanks to four cars opting for car changes that relegated them to a pit lane start. Row 8, Alex Albon starts 15th and Williams, suffered his first Q1 elimination since the summer break after Hungary, but nearly caught George Russell for the eighth and final point in the sprint. Starting 16th, Logan Sargent in the Williams, one of many victims of deleted lap times due to track limit viol- uh, infractions, and qualified last in the field for the 14th time in 18 races in this season. But he moves up to 16th because... Kevin Magnussen and the Haas timed in 14th, advancing out of Q1 for only the third time in the last seven races, thanks to upgrades that have made the American cars fastest in the speed trap. But the end performance result called for changes, and they made them. Starting six, uh, what, originally 16th, Nico Hulkenberg hmm. in the second Haas missed advancing to Q2 by just 22 thousandths of a second in the revamped Haas car. But the car remains hard on its tires, a definite problem here at Coda. Originally 17th, Fernando Alonso at the Aston Martin finally sees his run of consecutive top 10 starts end with a Q1 elimination on what has been a particularly unproductive weekend for the team. And originally 19th, Lance Stroll in the second Aston Martin missed nearly all of Friday's one and only free practice due to brake issues, then struggled further in afternoon qualifying and starts 14 positions lower than last year here. Mm. Uh, one of the big stories, of course, thank you, Bob, will be is watching Max Verstappen come up through the grid starting in sixth position. Uh, Jonathan, you got to be looking forward to that. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't think he won't do it, and I think he'll be at the sharp end very quickly. That's certainly what all the other drivers are saying, so I'm not telling you something you don't know. But uh, the one thing, that if there is an Achilles heel, is that this tyre does have high deg on tyres. It wears them out quickly. And so the only thing, although he's well known for managing tyres well, uh, you know, he's really got to be careful, has Verstappen, just how hard he pushes to get to the front, um, because those tyres could go quicker than he expects. 
expects. Um, cooler temperatures, I don't know, might help him a little bit, but that is just a factor. If we're looking for a weakness, and there are not many, um, I don't know if you'd agree, but that's that's where I'm looking at for, for, for him to potentially uh, just not push too hard early on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got... At the top of the grid right now, of course, we've got Ferrari, Mercedes, uh, McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari, Mercedes, and then the other McLaren all the way down to 10 because, remember, Piastri did not qualify well on Friday. So it could get interesting, uh, you know, if assuming Max's car does what we think it's going to do, he's going to be leading this race before, before too far in, is that what's going to happen behind him? I mean, I'm not going to ask for your predictions yet. We'll do that at the end of the show, but... Um, but yeah, let's start with you, Dave. About you know we've got Charles Leclerc who's looked quick, and Lando Norris right behind him. Yeah, I, th- I mean I think yesterday uh, science certainly held up um, Lando, uh, so he he was struggling there for you know six seven laps something like that. Uh, so we haven't seen the best out of Lando. I think he is uh, he's definitely a podium fish finisher uh, in this race uh, along with Hamilton you know master looking after tires um, again going back to Verstappen I, I'd say you know with the, the lead he pulled out yesterday 9.6 seconds or whatever it was over 19 laps um, and four or five of those laps Hamilton was quicker than him uh, it just shows he was like 0.7 a lap quicker than anyone uh, for the rest for the rest of the uh, the sprint race um, the other ones I guess we have to watch out for Russell uh, um, he had a uh, little bit of bad luck yesterday. Um, Gasly, I, I, I have to say, he showed uh, definite good pace all weekend, not just now and again, but pretty much every session. Um, and who yeah. else? We who yeah, else both Alpines. Yeah. You know, Gasly um, starting ten- seventh and Esteban Ocon in eighth. Yeah, and Piastri, he's uh, he hasn't showed well, but he seems to make it up in the race. You know, so he's a strong, strong racer for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's see. Um, let's just looking through the list. I was looking. You know, I, I saw that. Um, I remember from Friday. It's going back a couple of days, but uh, Yuki Tsunoda qualifying 11th, and um, I mean. Uh, he's been a little bit quiet off the radar a little bit, though, lately, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, because all the attention has been on his teammate and returning teammate. Obviously, yep. Lawson did a very good job uh, coming in uh, literally uh, with no uh, warning uh, when they dropped the freeze. Uh, I say warning, but, you know, uh, they didn't have a lot of time to prepare. He's put a good job in. But I think, actually, Yuki's doing a good job with the equipment he's got. Alpha is hardly, you know, changing the world. Um, but uh, Yuki's been consistent. A great racing between him and Lawson. They good mates, um, but I remember in Japan they were going at it uh, for the first couple of laps uh, and really enjoying it. So Yuki has actually impressed me this year with the equipment that he's got. And Bob, his teammate, Daniel Ricardo, back, of course, for the first time we haven't talked about him today, back after breaking his hand. Mm-hmm. And he looked pretty good so far this weekend. He didn't qualify quite as good here, but he's looked good. Yeah, he has. Um, and, and I feel badly that he missed all those races, what, four of them, after he broke his hand at Zandvoort in the Dutch Grand Prix, because he was doing reasonably well in the car. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's all to play for for him in these remaining five races. He's guaranteed the seat, as far as such a thing can be, mm-hmm. uh, for next year. So he's got that to uh, to boost his confidence. You know, he's he'd really have to do something horrible, I think, to lose that seat right now. 
uh, even though Liam Lawson did such a great job, as Jonathan pointed out. So, you know, that AlphaTauri has to be feeling pretty good about things. They've got a pretty deep bench of drivers right now. They're going to lose Franz Tost, their uh, team principal. Um, I've forgotten off the top of my head who's replacing him. But uh, there could be better days ahead for that team. They're talking about a new title sponsor since the AlphaTauri sportswear brand hasn't quite worked out. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think it's great to have Daniel back. I mean, he's such a huge crowd favorite yeah. here. I mean, and he knows how to play the crowd. Last year he came down the pit lane on a horse. Now <laughs> now he's got the uh, the Longhorns quarterback's jersey on. He's been wearing cowboy hats, and, you know, it's, it's just on and on. Daniel really enjoys his racing and his life away from racing. In fact, I think he's spending most of his time now trying to remind everybody that he really is serious about racing. What, eight-time Grand Prix winner? That's, uh, that's no mean feat. Both best moment of the day, Chris Medlin just giving a nod to, to Martin Brundle as they both do the same job on the grid. I thought that was lovely. Well done, Chris. Professional courtesy. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, uh, he didn't elbow past him, huh? No, he just gave him the, uh, yeah, I know what you're dealing with, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We touched on it, but we didn't talk about Carlos Sainz's amazing feet yesterday, basically going 19 laps on yeah. those soft tires in that heat yesterday because it was, it was almost as hot as it was on Friday. And it gave us a glimpse, a uh, little insight into the tires. Yeah, and Mario Isola, who runs the show for uh, Pirelli, said he was surprised, too, and that all the engineers had to put their heads together and say, well, you know, this changes everything. What are we going to recommend? That wasn't, that wasn't the expectation. So good on them. All right, gentlemen, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will continue to give you the coverage from Circuit of the Americas Live, and we're 15 minutes from the race. Back after a quick break.
The Speed City F1 pre-race show on Sirius XM is brought to you by CrowdStrike. Stop today's most sophisticated cyber attacks at the office, the racetrack, and everywhere in between. Learn more at CrowdStrike.com XM. Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to Circuit of the Americas. We're just a few minutes away from the start of the 11th Formula One United States Grand Prix right here at Circuit of the Americas. Bob Varsha, you had a thought? Well, I did. We all just sat and listened to a nice rendition, country style, of, of the national anthem. And we watched and lots of pretty pictures. And then at the end, they pulled away from the guy who was singing. And it suddenly occurred to me that he's standing on top of the tail of the dragon right over those glass partitions you know looking down a couple of hundred feet that was pretty impressive yeah it's a little disconcerting to stand on that isn't it yeah it would be uh you know what chris medlin has been busy for the last few minutes and he has uh he's gotten some interviews with zach brown and greg maffey who is i believe the ceo of liberty media the company that owns formula one and i believe he got an interview with paul goldschmidt who is a first baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's hear from Chris. So I've grabbed Zach Brown at the front of the grid because Lando Norris is on the front row. I mean, I sort of asked you yesterday, but I'm wondering if you've woken up even more optimistic today. Can you win this race today, Zach? I think if everything goes our way, it, it can. That kind of means Max staying out of the way. Uh, he was pretty dialed in yesterday. I thought there for a moment there was going to be a bit of a race with Ian Lewis and it looked like Max was just managing. So I, I, I like our race pace. Uh, it's nice to have Max starting behind us, but he's not that far back, and uh, he's, he's pretty dialed in. So, uh, But, yeah, do I think we can win for sure? Uh, do I think we can get on a podium? I'm, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, you've been racking them up. I think it's, what, the last three races you've been on the podium and twice with two cars. But uh, let's just talk about the scene we're in. I mean, it's so busy here on the grid at Coach. It's grown and grown and grown here. Talk celebrities to me. Who have you got with McLaren this weekend? I got... 2022 MVP of my favorite team, the Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt. We got Timo Solani here, Ian Apple plays for the Cubs, but we won't, you know, take that personally. Uh, and then a bunch of bunch of celebs running around, uh, and then of course our great sponsor partners, Google and the whole the whole nine yards, Cisco, uh, Cadence. So it's uh, about 500 people in hospitality. It's packed. Absolutely. And is it your most important year or uh, one of your most important races commercially yeah, as well? Yeah, for sure. This is a big one. And here's the big boss, Mr. Maffei. Yeah, the big boss. He's the big boss. Great timing. Greg Maffei here. Uh, uh, amazing that you would like to speak to oh, us. Is, 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 no. Of course. We got, I was telling him we got to get Joe Rogan. I was just telling him he's got to get on SXM too. <laughs> Carlos. Carlos. Okay. Carlos Sites is coming up as well. I mean, Greg, a huge event now this race, isn't it? Absolutely massive. 450000 for the weekend. Uh, one of the top three races in the world. This or Australia and Silverstone are the three biggest. So. And, and when you look around, though, it's the celebrities as well. I was just talking to Zach about. I mean, can you believe commercially just the interest in this now? No, massive. And it, it makes sense. The sport is so exciting, and now people are liberated to come do it. So the, we're excited about it. Now, I'm sure you have to be impartial, but I asked Zach if uh, Landon Norris can win today. Would you like to see someone other than Max Verstappen win today? We love to see a great race. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> very, very well put. Uh, can I grab a quick word with Paul Goldschmidt? Is he willing to willing to chat of the Cardinals? I'm sorry, I'm British, but I'm a Cubs fan. But don't hate me. Uh, Paul, is this the first time you've been at a Grand Prix? Yes, yeah, my first time. So I'll come out here, root McLaren on, and, and hopefully a good race. And how are you finding it so far? Like the atmosphere? I mean, 
must be a bit different than going out for a game with having this many people around you just before you start. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a little different, you know. We don't have uh, fans on the field, you know, five minutes before first pitch, but it's great. Lucky to be here. Uh, was here for qualifying. That was great. Just uh, excited for the race. Yeah, trying to get you hooked. You reckon you'll come back? Yeah, of course. This is great. <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. Well, I keep meaning to send a picture that I've got from a trip to Europe to Greg Maffei in the town of Siena in Italy on the, in, in Tuscany. There is a street called the Strada G. Maffei, spelled just the same way. Huh. And I, I keep telling myself I want to find out from Greg if there's any significance to that or if you'd like to have the picture, even if there's not. Well, you, he you heard him say uh, something about SXM. And they, they, because Liberty Media not only owns Formula One, but they also own Sirius XM, which is why he was saying that. <laughs> but, but that's pretty cool that Chris got to talk to the uh, baseball player. I know he's a fan of baseball and uh, he goes roots for the Cubs. And I think he's been to a couple games recently. But Dave O'Neill. OK, so we are about 10 minutes away. Not even not even that maybe from the start of the race. Uh, what's going on in the Haas garage right about now? You've done this before. What was your what were your instructions of, of to the team at this point? Well, you, you have a. Uh, a 10 minute countdown you have a 30 minute countdown in fact so um, prior to the cars going out onto the grid which th in this case are in the pit lane but with 10 minutes to go you'd start be by getting the drivers in the car so the drivers will be on the car getting in radio checks will be done drink systems will be checked um, and then five minutes to go uh, the tires will come come off the trolley off the generator where they've been heated up, kept to 120 degrees, and they'll be put onto the car, um, bolted up, and I think with three minutes to go, all tyres must be fitted, and one minute to go, the cars have to be on the ground, ready to go, and um, you start your engines. Yeah, and typically in the garages, I don't know if it's still the case, I didn't think to look, but there is a clock on the wall that tells you exactly where they are and usually maybe a sign below it what comes next what what's the next deadline hmm. well i'm going to go next door jonathan and i are going to start the pa call and uh you guys take us home yeah we will Thanks, and we'll, guys. we'll fade out to you guys here shortly but um dave 120 degrees that's i I'm, i didn't know that number i'm surprised it's that hot honestly yeah but you know 120 c c yeah as soon as you take the uh take the blankets off the tires cool down yeah um, yeah so what you're trying to do is put heat into the wheel as well and then when you have the heat into the wheel that migrates onto the axle and of course warms the brakes up so you you know for the first corner you you don't have warm brakes so the idea is is to well, that's uh, interesting put as much heat as you can into the material brake material uh, which is carbon fiber so you have two pads on each corner with a caliper and one carbon disc which they have to start at 38 millimeters i think which is um inch and a quarter something like that so there's a there's a registered thickness before the start of the race which is measured by the fia um so anyway the wheels go on the car um and the heat starts to transform into the axles and warming the brakes up and then you know they're they're kind of sort of ready for the first corner hmm. i wouldn't think that carbon would be very heat conductive i mean isn't that kind of a or, or is it ultra heat conductive to shed heat as they build the heat and during the braking? Yeah, it just doesn't keep heat in it quickly. You know, that's why you, you see them glow red. And then as soon as they take the foot off the brake, they, the, the it red sheds, stops. It yeah, sheds, it sheds the heat. It, yeah. So is it, does it also attract, you know, in other words, that tire, that heat from the tire that we're talking about going through the axle, is it 
quickly heat up the the rotors? Well, it, it, it I mean, it takes the chill off. Every bit helps, you know. We're talking yeah. about Formula One, so yeah. you're talking about, you know, a couple of degrees is is going to be really helpful. Um, but yeah, those, those are things they're looking at. Um, and again, you know, the start procedures will be talked to with the drivers. So as they're as they're going through, they'll talk about reminding them about, you know, we'll we'll see you on lap 17 as planned. Um, unless anything changes, um, be careful as you go into the first corner, you know, for any damage, etc. Um, and then they'll sit in, get comfortable. The drivers then at that point, after all the media, you know, the national anthem, all the focus, all the focus, you know, starts nine minutes into the car. You know, so they have to take everything out of their mind and then start focusing on what their job is. You yeah. Know? which is you know, to get to the first corner safely. So speaking of the first corner, here at Coda is something really unique. When you're sitting in the car on the grid waiting for the lights to go out, you're looking at a hill that you really can't even see the top of. Yeah. How was that, talking about that, the very first time you guys came here? I mean, wasn't that kind of a, a pretty incredible thing, the driver's saying, I can't even see the top of the hill? Yeah, I mean, there's a blind corner, effectively. Yeah. You know, so it entices you to go five into one, you know, because <laughs> yeah. there's only one good line coming out of there. Um, and if you're pushed wide, you go wide, you lose a huge amount of time there. You also put the car on the dirty stuff. There's lots of dust, uh, marbles, as they call it, as well. Um, and then you have no grip at all, so you can't accelerate. And then all of a sudden, the guy in front of you has gotten the advantage and down the road. All right. Well, Chris just caught up with uh, Toto Wolf, Mercedes team boss. Let's hear from Chris and Toto. So, so we just had to wait for your engine fire up to finish so you could hear me. But uh, your car looked very quick, certainly in Lewis's hands yesterday. I mean, do you think you can win today's race? Uh, no, I'm at pace. Uh, no, because I think Max had so much so much left in the tank yesterday on uh, tire degradation but who knows this is motor racing maybe it's different today well yeah you still look very competitive and Lewis looked comfortable in second place at the very least the upgrades you brought the new floor do you feel like there's been more progress seen today uh, yeah. this weekend directionally absolute uh, where we want to be well and how good is that for the future I, I don't think we should be inter interpreting too much because the cars are changing for next year but definitely a good step in the right direction and for you how big is this and busy this weekend it just seems to grow every year yeah it's super look at the crowd it's amazing well, good luck today thank you back man mercedes have looked good this weekend haven't they dave yeah um not only looking good they can manage their tires again lewis master of management there um i i think he's um you know max we we all think max is um has got it sorted but he's got five places to overtake um there's also you know he's in the mix where people make mistakes at the start of the race uh, he could pick up damage um and we could have a decent race if he's uh, you know not to say we don't want max in it but if we can have another winner it'll be quite good for this crowd at least yeah, that's going to be one of the stories to watch for sure because, you know, Mercedes has, has had their, their struggles in the last year and they've started, it feels like they're almost back and, you know, they're obviously still behind Max Verstappen in the Red Bull car like everyone else. But man, you can hear the crowd and I'm looking out. We got a pretty decent view of the main grandstands and there's a fire truck blocking my turn one view, but 
Uh, but there is a massive crowd. It's like uh, like Greg Maffei said a while ago. I hadn't heard that number until right then, but 450,000. That would be bigger than last year. Maybe not the 500,000 that there was a discussion about. But All right, guys, we are going to go out to the call of the race. We're going to take a quick break before that, and we'll be right back after this.